The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 'm to a very Brady podcast I'm one of your hosts my name is Jimmy and with me as always is the other host of the show tag hey, hey, hey. what's going on out there in podcast Lane <laughs> and on Sorry. this podcast we celebrate the iconic TV show the Brady Bunch as we break down the bunch one episode at a time what we do tech yeah we break it down mm-hmm we scare the piss out of each other, losing our allowances in the process, only to do the same for our maid and smash our dad's head on the floor. All for your listening enjoyment. <laughs> My God, yeah. it's dark. On today's episode, we look at season four, episode six, entitled Fright Night. Jimmy, stop <laughs> it. Jimmy, stop. <laughs> If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, but not Amazon Amazon Prime. Prime. See, I like that. Because it used to be on Amazon Prime. We're providing a service saying it's not on Amazon Prime. (laughs) That's right. You are welcome, listener. Yes, you are welcome. So right off the bat, I yeah. wanted to bring up a listener. Okay. And this little listener is a, um, a you know, a crazy cat lady. Um, she had sent us an Instagram on, e- on, on um, or a message on Instagram, and this crazy cat lady was somehow thinking that we were roasting her. Um, I don't know <laughs> okay. why she would think that, because um, I don't think we would ever, like, talk bad about a crazy cat person, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, Wait a no, minute. I'm, I'm is this the same crazy cat lady that drew that horrible picture? It was. It looked like she did it like she was in kindergarten or something. Yeah, um, like what are you, what are you in kindergarten? <laughs> but no, no, I'm, I'm obviously getting like um uh Kid Hayes wrote in on Instagram. <laughs> we we read her letter last week and she was talking yeah. about how she, you know, even when she was in kindergarten, she wanted to be Cindy Brady and um she was yeah. talking about, you know, how she, you know, enjoys the show and she has brought up, um, I guess I'm, we're talking to her, I guess. Um, Kit, you had brought up uh, about season one, about maybe having some kind of message on, on season one, episode one, just kind of, you know, you know, saying, hey, listen, you know, season one is like this, but when season two starts, it's like this. Um, and I kind of feel Jenna, like... you can say it. Kit roasted us. She, she said, did ro- well, she season didn't one sucks. No, no. <laughs> she roasted you. <laughs> That's true. She didn't you're roast right. me. Yeah, she no, didn't roast you. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. No, I'm she just kidding. Um, <laughs> but Kit, I, I kind of feel in a, in a in speaking like seriously for a second. Obviously, we we don't think you're a crazy cat lady at all. Like I I, I even told her on Instagram. I'm like, no, tax the crazy cat person. Because <laughs> she in, in, in oh, Instagram. Yeah. True. Anyways, um, so Kit, I kind of feel like your message might be. Uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, and not in a bad yeah. way. Um, because mm-hmm. tech, what did we just get done doing? We just got done re-recording season one, episode one, the pilot episode, yes. the honeymoon. 
Yes. And in it, we kind of explained it. We kind of went by what you had said on Instagram, um, or in your letter, I'm sorry, in your letter. So, uh, so yes. So thank you for, uh, encouraging us like that. And you kind of, you know, you know, put the fire under our, our bottoms and, uh, and made us re-record mm-hmm. that episode. So we've made the decision. We're going to, um, re-record the entire first season. So, um, yeah. so thank you, Kit. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So I just want to give her another shout out for that encouragement. Cause that kind of in part for sure yeah, made for us, sure. made us actually do it. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested go back and check out the very first episode is re-recorded. I don't know if it's there yet, but if it's not, it'll be there soon. Yes, so. it will indeed. And I Sometime don't know how, week. I don't know how the podcast system works. So I don't know if it'll necessarily tell you when an episode updates. Um, I'm not sure either. Cause I'm just going to replace the audio that was in there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not going to be uploaded as a new episode. So no, but maybe we can put something in the very pretty face group, but group saying, Hey, it's live or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely, see. yeah. We'll let we'll you see. know there. So yeah. So that's all I had for the, for this part. I just wanted to give her a shout out again. Well, since we're talking about it all, um, mm-hmm. last week you also mentioned a little contest, so to speak. Yes. Not really yes. a contest, but more of a, a challenge. I don't know. You, you wanted me to get my ear pierced again. No, I don't. The listeners do. No, no. You brought it up. Listeners didn't say shit, but okay. you brought it up <laughs> and you said that listeners had to write in right. and say whether they were for or against, um, you know, getting ear pierced for me to re-pierce my left ear specifically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if we had to get 20 like emails or posts on Facebook, something like that, no, not no, like no. a thread. No, no, we said email specifically. Okay. So emails yes. from listeners saying yes or no. And we had to get 20 by the end of the month, August 31st, right. 2021. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. So we have received two emails <laughs> so far. So we're 10% there. <laughs> <laughs> um but also i think it, it, it's it's only fair that if it's any patreon subscribers especially ops that it counts that counts for like 10 <laughs> why do you say that so specifically because like i mean if it's i mean what are the odds out of the the hundreds or thousands of listeners we have that yeah one of them that writes in is one of two people you know what i'm saying like so i feel like their vote should count as like 10 I don't think so at all because the two emails we got were from Jenny and Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny says, hell yes. And I scolded her and said, I, how dare you? So I always started (laughs) off and say, how dare you? I thought you were team tack. And she was like, I am, but I also want to see you get your ear pierced. And then uh, Jim also said, you should definitely get your ear pierced, and I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, I, I, I haven't checked yet, but I think Jim probably messaged me, and he probably said oh. something along the lines of, you know, I've I've given you episodes. You, you can give this back to me. I think he said something like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> did, he really, did he really message you? No. Oh. <laughs> no, I said, he, he, I haven't checked. I don't know if he met, but he, he, he probably did. These are so. patrons. These are produce. These are our producers. We technically do work for them. Exactly. Yes. And there are original OPs producers. Exactly. Yes. I will. How about this? I will add a third vote just for there too. Well, listen. <laughs> look at this. 
You can always let it close up. You're good at that, right? <laughs> oh, I just went there. <sighs> okay, so instead of two votes for yes, how about since it's them, I will say three votes now. <laughs> so, so we went from 10 down to three? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> three each? No, God, no. That's still only six votes. That's a lot. No, not when we have to get up to twenty by the thirty first. That's that's <laughs> nine days away. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I have to ponder this. Maybe I'll decide by the end of the episode. Okay. There we go. <laughs> All right. And I appreciate Jen and Jimmy. Yeah, you guys are for awesome that, for that vote. <laughs> So I, guess, so I guess on that note, we can take a break and let Tech you know, ponder his future. And, uh, <laughs> let him caress that earlobe one last time. So, um, <laughs> so yes. So uh, on that note, we will be back. comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. Are back. Right. That was a good break. Did you ponder tack? Did you crest that earlobe? <laughs> I did actually. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you went in the bathroom and be like, I love you, earlobe. All right. <laughs> okay, so we now have the Brady Bunch season four, episode six, entitled Fright Night. Some facts about the episode. It first aired October 27th, 1972. It was written Ooh, by just Brad. Before Halloween. Yeah, right. It was written by Brad Radnitz. Man, it's such a coincidence. It was right before Halloween, and it was this kind of episode. Oh, weird. <laughs> um, it was directed by Jerry London. Yeah. According to IMDb, when Marsha holds up the slide of the ghost, the hand that is holding the slide is apparently that of a woman with a manicure. Mm. When the camera pans away, Marsha's hand doesn't have nail polish. Hmm. Plus, you can tell the hand's age because it's got like wrinkles and shit on it. <laughs> yeah. 
The projection of Peter dressed up as the ghost is a slide. And since a slide is a stationary image, there would be no fluid movement on the ghost. Yeah. I talked that, about that when that in means that, scene. that was a real ghost. <laughs> they saw yep. an actual ghost. Nailed it. Oh my god, what if it was their parent what if it was their mom? Oh that is so <gasps> Holy fucked up. Shit. That is so messed up. Oh my god. That they made the ghost in the attic and like they their mom died. They're like scared of a ghost and shit. Dude, imagine like, that's if, probably just your mother. Imagine if Bobby was like, Mom? And see, I can make these jokes. Me and Ty can make these jokes because both of our moms died. So yeah. no no way to get mad. You better not laugh if your mom was alive. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Scene. you know, real quickly oh, before we move on, sorry. When's the last time we saw um, our main man as the director? I don't know. That's a good point. It's been a while. What happened to him? I don't know. And why can't I remember his name? You're talking about Kevin's dad, right? Oh, no, no. Uh, Rudolph. Oh, oh name? yeah. Oscar Rudolph? Yeah, Oscar Rudolph. Where did yeah. he, he is get that, fired after like season three or something? Is he any relation to my Rudolph? I don't know. Anyways. All right. So you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We fade in. Mm. Scene one. <clears throat> it's nighttime at the Brady residence, and in the den, we see Carol busy at work making a bust of Mike out of clay. Hmm. When the camera pans out, we see Mike sitting in a chair posing, but is falling asleep. Hmm. Carol corrects him, saying, honey, your head is drooping. Sounds like hmm. my honeymoon. <laughs> oh, hi When Mike finally realizes what Carol said, he corrects her, telling her all of him is drooping. Then hmm. follows it up, saying, even Michelangelo went to bed. Hmm. Mike thinks for a moment and says, I thought your sculpture class exhibit was on Saturday. She clarifies to Mike that it'll take an entire day to bake his head in the kiln and that it has to be fired. Hmm. But then puts his foot down saying, if he doesn't go to bed so he can wake up and finish the design, his boss is going to fire him. Oh, this means nothing to Carol as she responds with, (laughs) okay, promise you'll post tomorrow. Mike Hmm. agrees as he yawns. Carol takes a moment to admire her work, saying it's beginning to look like a real head. Mike Hmm. replies, I agree. But who's? Damn. Carol flicks water at him and gives him a dirty look before smiling and kissing him. Oh. I will say this episode was a little bit hard to write the synopsis for because it's very staccato. It's very, the scenes aren't really structured that well, you know, I mean, because it's a horror kind of episode. So yeah. if it seems like it's kind of jumpy, that's because the episode was that way. So I, I don't, I don't really like, you know, how this synopsis came up, but that's okay. Um, hmm. I thought it was funny that Carol just don't give a shit. <laughs> like she ain't got to wake <laughs> up. to get up early. She ain't got to wake up for everything. Like, and also <laughs> like, is Carol five? Like how, how did she get all that shit all over her face? Like, <laughs> like it's kind of like when you have a two-year-old and you feed them like, you know, I don't know, spaghettios, spaghettios or, something. or something to get it in their ears and shit. Like it's the same. Is she like wiping it down and then wiping her face and shit? Like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Scene two. In the girls room, we see all three girls asleep. The camera pans to each one and then to the window. As the wind blows, we hear creaking, which wakes Cindy up and immediately scares her. With her eyes wide with fear, she looks at Jan, who is just waking up. Jan looks around and reasons that someone must be walking around in the attic. 
Cindy jumps up and runs to Jan's bed. As Jan looks out the window, we can see a faint image of a ghost dancing outside her window. Jan points and screams, and soon Cindy does too, which wakes up Marsha. Marsha gets up and runs to the window to see what they're screaming about. But as soon as she does, the ghost is gone, vanishing into thin air. You know, I always wanted to always say that, like, it vanished in thin air. What is thin air? Like, what is thick air? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I know when I went to the top of Pike's Peak, that was some thin air. <laughs> Kids were falling asleep and shit. Like, yeah. All this screaming has now woken up Mike and Carol, who come running into the room to see what the commotion is about. Cindy yells, we saw a ghost! With Jan explaining that it was right outside the window. Marsha explains that she didn't see anything. But Cindy insists that it was the biggest ghost she's ever seen. Carol looks at her in amazement as to what Cindy had just said. Mike sits down and reasons that it was probably just the moonlight shining in the trees. Jan tries to debunk this, saying that it couldn't have been because they heard it walking around the attic first. Carol, following Mike's example, tells them that on a windy night, your imagination can play tricks on you. What? (laughs) That's not a thing. It must be windy outside because my mind's just playing tricks on me. Like, what? (laughs) My mind must be playing tricks on me or something. But, well, bro, it's windy out. Like, oh. (laughs) Well, it's like in that rap song. They say all through the song that it's windy outside. Like, my mind is playing tricks on me. They say say it all the time in the song. Never mind. (laughs) You're just not gangster enough. Is that the, uh, don't tell me, that's the whatever boys? Who is that? I don't know. My mind is playing tricks on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Sorry, anyways. And, it, and then that group, they had like a little person, like rapper dude. Oh, I don't know about that. I have no idea. Hmm. Guess who's more gangster than who? Mm-hmm. Crazy cat Marcia tries. <laughs> Marcia <laughs> tries to support logic by saying she didn't hear a thing. I like how Marcia is like very like, I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear nothing. Those two are fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I never. <laughs> But Jan once again insists that Marsha was asleep and that her and Cindy heard it walking around. Carol attempts to be funny, saying, Walking? Dancing? That was some energetic ghost. (laughs) Carol then wonders why they can't hear it now. Cindy supposes that it's probably up in the attic resting. Mike, tired of this crap and wanting to just go to bed, announces that there's only one way to find out, and that's to go up to the attic and look. As Mike walks out the door, nobody wants to join him out of fear. But Mike, leading by example, walks boldly out the door, saying there's no such thing as a ghost, but it's suddenly startled by Alice, who is walking in (laughs) to see what's going on. Mike reassures Alice that everything is okay and that the kids thought they saw a ghost. Alice immediately becomes sympathetic, explaining that there's no such thing as ghosts. Cindy insists to Alice that they saw it. But Alice simply tells the kids that she probably left one of her nightgowns on the clothesline. And that's enough to scare anybody in the dark. (laughs) Mike giggles at the joke as Carol rushes Alice out the door, telling her that everything is under control. Mike says again that they need to check the attic, to which Carol agrees as they leave the girls' room saying goodnight. As Carol and Mike leave the room, Greg and Bobby are outside their door with some of the most pathetic fake yawns I've ever heard, <laughs> asking what's wrong. But I think that's that was done on purpose, I think. 
Because they were acting like they were sleeping. Like, oh, sleeping. That's what I mean. Like, it's... It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible fake nouns. But. Mike, perhaps smelling some bullshit, tells them that it's nothing and that the girls had a little scare. That's all. Bobby asks if they're okay. Carol tells them they are and go to bed. They turn to go to bed as Bobby bumps into Greg's chest. <laughs> in this whole episode, I, I, I point out a couple of different people in it that did, I thought did a good job. Marsha was the first one. Marsha, like I noticed, like she didn't have a whole lot of lines in the scene, but yeah. the whole time you knew that Marsha thought this was some stupid bullshit. Like <laughs> just the face yeah. she's making, the way she's reacting to people's lines. It's like, damn, you can totally <laughs> tell she thought this shit was, and I don't know. It just, it stuck, it stuck out to me. I thought she did a really good job with it. Um, hmm. But um, also when they show outside, when they show the quote unquote ghost, there's mm. no wind outside at all. Like not even a little bit. Like <laughs> trees aren't blowing nothing. So I don't know where this yeah. quote unquote wind is they're talking about, but it's not existent. <laughs> um, Marcia says that she didn't see anything, but if you watch the scene as she looks out the window to see what it is, then they show the ghost for another, probably three more seconds. <laughs> right, right. And then, and then it like disappears. So, uh, Marcia's a liar. She, she is a liar. It. She's a stinking liar. Sorry to use such harsh <laughs> language, but I mean, she's a smelly let's, liar. Let's call a cat a cat. Right. All right. Scene three. <laughs> <laughs> as the boys enter the room and close the door, they grin as Peter jumps in front of them with a sheet over him, making the sounds of a ghost. Greg says, boy, did we scare them? Oh. Bobby joins in asking, did you hear them scream and begins to mimic them? Greg quickly hushes them out of fear of being discovered. They'll laugh. <laughs> so what I don't get, Mike and mm-hmm. Carol heard the girls from another room, but nobody heard the boys making all that noise. <laughs> right. Like they were making more noise than the girls were. And yet somehow Mike heard the girls and not the boys. <laughs> and their true. bedroom, remind you, the bedroom is across from the <laughs> boys' the room. <laughs> It's down the right. hall from the girls' room. Right. And on the other side of the hallway. So I thought that was kind of some <laughs> right. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Scene. Boop. Boop. Up in the attic, we see Detective Carol <laughs> on another case. Hell yeah. <laughs> Investigating to see what could have been heard. Detective Carol walks over to the window with blowing drapes and asks, Now I wonder who could have left this window open. <laughs> Carol then realizes that a rocking chair has been left right in front of the window. And when she rocks the rocking chair, it creaks. Mm. As they look at each other, Mike exclaims, I believe we found our ghost. Yes. Detective Carol looks so proud of herself. <laughs> She's like, Another case see that solved. shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so last season when Greg wanted his own room, remember right. that? episode yep. and then he got the den or whatever that's correct yeah um carol stupidly suggested that why can't he just move into the attic and mike right. laughed at her saying sure if he only wants a room four inches high oh yeah you're right i wish mike wasn't a liar unless they have two attics but what about no not the four inch attic mike the one that's like has 10 foot ceilings <laughs> you know where we keep all that stuff and a rocking chair <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. He probably hmm. figures we got all Carol's shit up there. 
<laughs> I can't live up there. The only one that has any room is the four inch attic. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Scene five. Down in the girls' room, all the girls and Carol are gathered with Mike. Marsha begins asking what they found. Mike tells them it was nothing and that the creaking they were hearing was the rocking chair. Hmm. Jan, still looking scared, asks, yeah, well, who was in it? Hmm. Carol tells her nobody. Cindy tests Carol's intelligence, asking her how she knows nobody was sitting in it. Carol tells her because the chair was covered with dust. Cindy Ooh, detective rem- Carol's on the case. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cindy reminds her that ghosts don't leave any marks when they sit down. Mm-hmm. And that everybody knows that. Duh. Mike, exhausted and over all of this, <laughs> tells them that there was nobody in the attic, nothing in the trees outside, and tells everyone to just get some sleep because he has to wake up in the morning and do a fucking project, and he's tired <laughs> of these damn clay busts and all the fake fucking ghosts, and damn it, he's tired. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, he doesn't really say But he does tell everybody that there's nothing in the attic and no ghosts in the trees and asks if everybody can get some some rest, to which they all agree. Carol, kissing Cindy on the cheek, tells her to have to dream of nice things. They all say goodnight as Carol and Mike leave the room. And don't forget to point out that Mike kisses Marsha on the lips. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Ew, that's creepy. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's that's like you that's kissing cool. Randon on the lips. <laughs> like they're about the same age, aren't they? Well, yeah, but like out you know, Mistake, accident, tit. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of which one's weirder, but they're both pretty weird. Well, it's the same thing. It's still a 14-year-old kid. Yeah. So, I, don't know. Um, I like how Marsha laughs when Mike said that there's, there's no ghosts in the trees. <laughs> she yeah. straight up, she's like... <laughs> uh, Marsha is, like, judging and she is, like, yeah, you yeah. guys are so fucking stupid. Because she's, like, on tune with what Mike's saying. She's thinking logically. He's, he's, and there's, he's like, there's no ghosts in the trees. And she's like... <laughs> So. <laughs> Who believes ghosts in the tree? Exactly. This guy. This guy These believes ghosts in the tree. <laughs> oh, man. These fucking noobs over here believing in ghost trees. <laughs> uh, scene six. As Mike and Carol leave the girls' room and walk towards their bedroom, they can hear the boys giggling in their room. Mike pauses and says, I think the ghosts are right in there. Mm-hmm. Detective Carol says, Wait, seriously? But wait. You said they didn't. Oh, uh, I. You mean the boys? I guess. <laughs> Mike and Carol go to bed. <laughs> oh, silly Carol. Detective Carol will solve a case one day on her own. I, I know she will. I believe in her. <laughs> that shit would have been so funny if she was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> How do you? I thought but, you said there was. Honey, uh, aren't you worried about the boys? They're in there with a ghost." <laughs> Mike just pats her on the head and walks past her. <laughs> Good night. I'm going to bed. No, seriously, Mike, come on. We got to help these kids. All right. <laughs> Scene seven. Back in the girls' room, Jan and Cindy are sitting on the bed. Marsha comes over, sits down, and says, you know, I bet we don't see any more ghosts tonight. Jan asks what makes her so sure. Marsha assumes her sisters can read between the lines and says, I have a feeling they've all gone to sleep. Cindy in shock asks, in the attic? (laughs) Marsha clarifies and says, no, across the hall. Greg, Peter, and Bobby. I bet they rigged the whole thing. 
Jan, realizing what Marcia is saying, agrees, saying, you're right. Actually, she goes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) They're always playing tricks on us. Cindy, sick of the entire... absolutely, always. (laughs) (laughs) Cindy, sick of the entire thing, simply says, those monsters. (laughs) But after thinking about it, asks, are you sure... Marsha explains that tomorrow they're going to do a little detective work and bets that she can prove the entire thing. Jan, with (laughs) newfound bravery, explains, that's right. We don't have any ghosts in our house. We have three rats. Jan goes, they're aware! (laughs) (laughs) So it looks like Marsha is following in Detective Carol's footprints, or should I say footsteps. <laughs> junior gumshoe Marsha, so she's a little junior detective. I got a feeling that uh, junior detective Marsha like is way more competent than <laughs> Detective Carol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> why is Cindy the only one wearing a nightgown? Well, like, like I saw your comment when I was watching it, so I was like, let me look. And so I looked, and like the other two are just wearing PJs. Yeah. But like but she's I mean, wearing like a nightgown. I, know, I just thought that was strange. I thought I would think it would be the opposite. I would think that as they get older, they would want to wear nightgowns. Because Carol have all, hmm. has all these ridiculous flowy nightgowns. So I would think that the girls <laughs> would want to copy that, but she wore Carol always wore the same shit my mom would always wear to bed. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. My mom not for Carol very long. Reminds me of my mom so much. Oh god. <laughs> Scene eight. <laughs> the floor the next would be day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next day. The boys. Oh boy. In the boys' room are three junior detectives in training. Sneak into the boys' room and close the door. Marcia gives out the orders to split up. Let's split up. <laughs> Jan takes the closet. Cindy looks under the beds. And Marcia takes the dresser drawers. Jan, <laughs> I'll look in Greg's drawers. <laughs> Jan asks what they're actually looking for. Marcia tells her she's not sure, but she bets they'll find it. Cindy gets excited and announces that she found something as she lifts up a slide projector. Mm. Marsha, trying to solve what's going on, asks what a slide projector could be doing under Greg's bed. And Jan's just like, well, I mean, there's porn, so. (laughs) Well, it's dark under there, Marsha, duh. It's a slide projector. (laughs) Greg projects porn on the ceiling. (laughs) Anyway, Jan agrees saying it's usually in the family room. Marcia notices that there's a slide in the slide projector Uh-oh. and holds it up to the light to see what it is. <laughs> it's Carol naked. <laughs> no. She's like, uh, it's, you just have to believe me. It's a ghost. Uh, nobody needs to see it. <laughs> Jen sees it first and says, hey, it's somebody with a sheet over their head. Cindy explains further that it's one of the boys under a sheet. How does she know that? I don't know. Junior Detective Marsha then deduces that they aimed the projector out the window and onto the tree. Cindy is still not satisfied as how they explain the creaking in the attic. Or that it's video and not just a picture. (laughs) Exactly. Marsha explains that it still could have been the rocking chair and that the boys could have moved it from their room with a rope. Cindy is still unsure... (laughs) Cindy's still unsure what Marsha means. So Marsha demonstrates on a chair in the boys' room. She loops a rope around the chair, pulls on it, making it rock, then pulls one of the ropes to make the rope fall off the chair. Cindy, finally seeing what she means, is impressed, announcing, that's really smart. (laughs) 
Marcia then decides that the girls have to get back at the boys for what they did. Jan agrees, saying they need a dose of their own medicine. Mm. So I, I totally see what it meant when they said the hands don't match. <laughs> Once you see it, you can't yeah. unsee it. You're like, that's definitely not. Mar- I mean, it might be, it might be Flohan's hand, but uh, it's not Marsha's. Um, probably some production assistant. <laughs> well, I should have checked to see if Flohan had that color uh, nail polish on. That would have been interesting. Hmm. Um, do you not keep slides in a slide projector? Like, why was it so strange? There's a slide in it. Well, yeah, it's a slide projector. Like, what? <laughs> why would you not keep? What you expect, like a ham sandwich in yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be like them saying, "Oh, look, a photo album, and there's a picture in it." Well, yeah, it's a photo <laughs> album. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, also, where are the boys? So that I mean, where the girls can be in the room for this long without being noticed? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Could have been anywhere, mm. a ball game or something, or playing at the park, True. something that seventies kids did. Mm. Okay. Scene nine. Down in the family room, we see Alice walking in with a plate of what looks like pie. She walks into the room with a, excuse me, folks, I hate to disturb the artist at work. You left the dinner table before dessert. As she walks in to see Carol once again working on the bust of Mike, with Mike patiently posing in a chair. Carol politely says, no, thank you, Alice. But Mike eagerly accepts his saying, I'll have mine. Hmm. Alice gets a look at the bust and compliments her boss saying, well, that's coming along just fine. Hmm. Carol happily accepts the compliment with a, yeah, thanks. But before Alice leaves, she stops and quips, whoever it is, as she walks (laughs) As as Mike (laughs) is sitting there enjoying the dessert he didn't get after dinner, Carol looks up and notices him eating. And with the look, she says, Mike, can you hold your mouth still, please? Mm. Mike, not having it, tells her that she can work on his forehead. <laughs> Carol, trying to school Mike on the art of creating a bust out of clay, tells him that she has to work on the entire face at the same time. Mike, still chewing and not caring, turns his head and says, do an ear. Mm. Carol then pulls the sympathy card <laughs> and while looking <laughs> sad, says, Mike, please. But mm. Mike, tired of sitting, says, I thought it was supposed to be the artist who was supposed to starve, not the model. <laughs> but offers Carol a bite in exchange. Carol simply says, no, thank you, and continues working. Hmm. Hmm. So I was thinking, if Alice makes dessert for every meal, right? let's say it's pie. Okay, one, two, three. It's Pie. Pie. Sorry. And everyone gets one slice after dinner. Correct. Alice can get away with making just one pie because eight people, eight slices. Right. But if Alice would ever want some too, she'd have to make a whole second pie just so she can have some too. This is true. You're right. But then now think about this. So now there's 16 pieces if she makes two pies. But like, Nine pieces will be gone immediately after dinner. But now there's only, you know, what, seven left. Well, what makes so you think- not everybody can have seconds, even though I assume that would just go in the fridge and kids would eat out it, eat out of it, you know, throughout the week or whatever. All right. But why would you think that um why would you think that they only cut it into eight slices? 
Well, I mean, it's a normal sized piece of pie. I mean, I guess you can cut it up yeah. into however many you want, but yeah, that's true. Hmm. I mean, good point. She probably makes two. I would think so. Just in case somebody wants seconds. Yeah. Or she has two and just gives really big slices of pie. Because that was a big slice of pie. I think that was cake and ice cream on the plate. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't understand why Carol can't work from photos. You know so, I, mean? like, I was thinking about this. One thing you don't have with photos is dimension. So, you're really kind of working with dimensions here when you're sculpting. So. Okay. It's easier to see dimensions, obviously, with a live model in front of right. you, so you can kind of get things just right. Whereas a photo, yeah, you can, I guess you could work from a photo, be a little bit, a little harder. But. Hmm. Does it really take that that long to bust to somebody? I don't know. Because it takes her like three days. <laughs> well, she's still new and it's a class, so that's true. Know. And she sucks. <laughs> Scene ten. At the dinner table, the kids are still sitting down, eagerly awaiting dessert. Alice walks out with a whole tray of cake and ice cream. The kids all ooh and ah as it comes out. Ah. (laughs) As the girls begin getting their dessert, Marsha asks Cindy, are you still scared, Cindy? Cindy plays along, replying, boy, I don't think I'll sleep tonight. Peter inquires, how come? Jane gets serious and tells him, because of that ghost. I think we ought to lock our windows and doors. It's probably your mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so fucked up. Uh, the entire time the boys are nudging each other and smiling. Alice cuts in and says to the girls, you're only scaring yourselves worse than the non-existent ghost did. And there's no such thing as ghosts. Right, fellas? The boys all agree. Marsha exclaims, I'll still never go up in the attic ever mm-hmm. again. I don't want to run into your mom. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Cindy agrees. That's so fucked up. <laughs> Cindy agrees, saying she won't either. Not with that ghost around. Peter pipes up, saying, "Maybe we should charge him rent." All three boys start cracking up. Jan challenges them, saying, "I bet you guys wouldn't go up in the attic." Greg, thinking this is a joke, looks at the boys and says, is "She putting us on." The girls clarify, "At night, with all the lights out." Mm-hmm. Bobby replies, anytime. Marsha presses further, saying she bets they wouldn't. Greg stands up for them, saying he bets they would. With the boys hooked in, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy all bet them their allowances if the guys aren't brave enough to go up there and spend the night. The boys, eager to make a quick buck, begin to laugh in disbelief, saying, You're kidding. Your whole allowances? Greg accepts the challenge first, saying, I'm not afraid of, I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> I'm not afraid of any ghosts in the attic. Are you guys? Bobby and Peter both eagerly agree, saying it sounds like easy money. Mm-hmm. Greg then sets the terms, saying the boys' allowance against the girls that they won't spend the night in the attic. Marsha then reminds them all three of the boys all night. And with all of them shaking hands, they agreed that Alice will hold the money. Hmm. See, my first mm. thought was I didn't think there was room up there for all three of them to have room to sleep. Because mm. when they first show it, there was a lot of shit up there. Like, there was a bunch of stuff crowded around everywhere. So I was thinking, yeah. where are they going to sleep at? Um, but also, um, the boys can't see this is a setup. Like, come on, huh? <laughs> like, they can't be this dumb. Yeah. Like I said. 
Scene 11. A little while later, we see all three boys in the den talking to Mike and Carol, asking permission to sleep in the attic. Carol, unsure, simply says, I don't know. Mike, whose bullshit detector is starting to activate, asks whose idea it was. Bobby, (laughs) still not believing the luck the guys are having with this easy bet, says, the girls, what a cinch bet. Peter pipes up, telling Mike that it's for their own good, and if they survive, then the girls will know the attic isn't haunted. (laughs) Carol, seeing right through this charade, (laughs) asks Mike, well, isn't that heroic of them? But makes a good point, asking, and who's going to help the girls get over their disappointment when they lose their allowance? Greg attempts to counter, asking Carol, poorer or wise? Which is more important? Hmm. Mike, perhaps seeing this is going to end badly, smelling some bullshit, and probably remembering that Marsha didn't believe the ghost stuff at all in the first place, asks Carol, well, what do you say, honey? Hmm. Carol decides that since the next day isn't a school day, then okay. The boys get super excited and run off. After the boys leave, Carol leans into Mike and says... It'll give the girls a chance to get even, too. Mike laughs and says, I don't know what's going to happen, but you can count on it. Whoa, Detective Carol can already see what's about to happen. Uh, I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. But Mike was onto that shit like the night before. As soon as he saw Greg, he's like, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) Um, Why was Greg standing so close to Carol? I saw that what too. What the hell? And he was standing behind her. They were, they were practically like shit. kissing. With his like dick like pressed yeah. against her hip or her ass. Yeah. She's like, why do you have the car key? Oh. Um, <laughs> and what's, why was Bobby's pants hiked all the way up to his like chest? Like, he, he had him like, he had him, dre- they, he was dressed like an old man. Well, first of all, his belt was like an adult man's belt and it looked like it was like 16 inches tall. And second, hmm. his pants were hiked up like past his belly button. Was he like a 40s gangster? Apparently, yeah. See, Apparently that's what he was trying to look like. I get no ghost. <laughs> Scene 12. Up in the attic, Alice is helping the boys set up their sleeping arrangements for the night. Greg thanks Alice. Alice answers by telling the boys that she thinks the girls made a sucker bet. Bobby agrees, saying they should have bet their allowances for the entire year. Peter, thinking he already won, says, I can count the money now. Alice begins to leave, but before she does, she strikes a zombie pose and jokes, telling them not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. <laughs> oh, boo! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was doing that. Uh, they all say goodnight. Vincent Price impersonation. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They all say goodnight to Alice and lay down. Peter, feeling overconfident, displays it by saying, Come on, ghosts, come and get us. To which they all just laugh. <laughs> Greg then takes his turn proving his manliness by saying, Hey, Bobby. Boo. To which Bobby jokingly acts scared. All three boys just laugh. <laughs> so I wonder whose high chair that is. Yeah, there was a lot of baby stuff up there. Because, I mean, on one hand, I mean, I guess Cindy's the same age as Bobby. But on one hand, I'm, I was thinking that it was Mike. But they lived in a different house. Well, they probably brought it over. Maybe they were going to have a baby. Maybe, maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I, this kind of like I, I watch UFC. I know you don't watch a whole lot of it, 
But they do this thing in boxing in UFC where if somebody gets punched and a lot of times they get rocked a little bit, they want to try to act manly and act like it didn't hurt. So they'll like give them a weird look and look at the audience and shake their head no, like it didn't hurt. But it's common knowledge that when they do that, it, it fucking hurt. <laughs> Like, and I kind of feel like the boys are doing the same thing. Like they are kind of scared because they're like, ghost, bring it on. <laughs> but I got a feeling right. each, individually, each one, probably except for Greg, really is scared. <laughs> they're like, shit, yeah. I'm glad they're up. Like, especially Peter. Peter don't have shit to worry about because he's in the middle. But you know Bobby's scared. <laughs> you know he is. Yeah. <clears throat> so. All right. Uh, let's see here. Scene 13. Outside of the girls' room, we see Alice come down from the attic and close the door, smiling and chucking at how the boys were joking. After she leaves to go downstairs, we see the girls slowly peek from the door. Cindy mm-hmm. begins by saying, they're all up there. Jan follows, saying, all systems are go. But Marsha corrects her, saying, you mean all systems are ghosts? <laughs> And the girls just giggle maniacally as they close the door, shushing each other. <laughs> They're like, so, <laughs> so that's totally me right there. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I love to scare people so much. But whenever I'm hiding out, usually always by myself, I'm hiding out, waiting to be able to jump out and scare. I giggle and give myself away. I giggle to myself to the point where like tears are rolling down. If the anticipation is so funny for me to where I just giggle and laugh. I'm like, shh, shh. I'm trying to hush myself. Shh, shh, shh. Okay, 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 okay. That's what I, I give myself away. And it's People never. Out, Let me guess, Tag, you're hiding behind the door. And it's never as good as you think it is. Because even when you scare them, they're just like, the fuck, dude? Why are you standing there? And then like, that's it. That's the extent of it. <laughs> I've had some pretty good scares in yeah. my day. I've been pretty proud. I was born with very little reflexes, so it's. I'm not trying to brag, but it's it's really hard to scare me. I don't, I don't really scare. Challenge so. accepted. Yeah, so. <laughs> my kids always try to scare me, and they're always like, "Dude, why can't we ever scare you?" I'm like, did it scare you at all? I'm like, and then when they do, I'm like, "Yeah, you scared me." It's like, but you didn't even jump. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Inside, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Hmm. Um, <laughs> so I put down G because this won't backfire in all their faces. <laughs> um, but also, I thought this episode gave a little bit more of an interesting layout of the house. Like we get to see Dude. where the attic is in relation to the bedrooms and the show on mm-hmm. the HD network or whatever it was got it totally wrong. <laughs> oh um, man, it must feel so stupid. Yeah, right? um, but also, it just it's interesting to see where the attic entrance is. I, don't know, I thought that was cool. Even the last scene had a different weird angle, too. It did. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. So this is where we take our next break. All right. So the boys have agreed to bet their allowances to prove that they can sleep in the attic all night and not be afraid. And the girls bet their allowances that they couldn't. Hmm. Will the boys prove their masculinity? Hmm. Or will the girls prove that even adolescent males get scared, too? Hmm. Will the ghosts return? We will see. Hmm. We will be back. (laughs) 
Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the Tee Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. It's very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. Hey, hey. That was a good break. That was a good I feel break. so rested. Hold my back a little bit. Yeah, right? <coughs> I didn't realize you could do a handstand that long. Well, I mean, plus I was trying to do that, like, turn the handstand into, like, a flip from oh, hand yeah. to hand instead of feet to feet. See, I thought you were going to go to the thing where you, you drop down into the splits, but you went with mm-hmm. the flip instead. It's cool. Yeah. Neat. Nice I touch. To, surprise. Yeah. yeah. You like that? You change and adapt. Hmm. Um, (laughs) so i thought we would i mean this this episode deals a lot with fear and scary and ghost and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff um do you remember any times i guess i shouldn't say any times but was there anything as a kid that made you scared i'm saying are you setting me up for something no no not at all no i'm just trying to make general conversation um because i know you but the listeners don't (laughs) i know um like something generally scare me, like yeah, like I mean, was it scary movies? Was it, I mean, do you remember time sleeping in your bed and you were scared, or you know, is there anything like that that you remember? Yeah, I'm, I remember it happening a lot as a kid, but I don't remember specific stories. But like, I remember, I remember being a kid. I used to live in this. I was like four years old, living in this really old big brown house in right. Indiana, and um, <clears throat> and this house was literally on a hill, the only house on a hill. <laughs> and uh, um and in fact there was even a, a portion of it where my mom was kind of looking in my closet mm-hmm. and she found a door neat and she like opened this door that didn't even know it was there did you go to narnia open the do- <laughs> open the door and it was so pitch black in there she went and grabbed a flashlight and shined it in there mm-hmm. and she told me that She's like, as soon as she shined the flashlight, that is hard to say. As soon as she shined the flashlight (laughs) in there, it immediately went straight onto a painting of a man with the meanest face she's ever seen (laughs) in her entire life. And it scared the shit out of her. That's awesome. And then she said, she kind of looked around, there's a bunch of shit in there. She just shut it and like never opened it again, which (laughs) I think that's fucking cool as hell. And I would love to go exploring in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, that was kind of a neat story. 
Um, I will tell you this. I was going to wait to tell you once we did the scene, but basically the next scene I remember watching as a kid and it fucking creeped me out. Like, it? it scared me. Yeah. And I told my son about it and uh, he goes, well, let's watch the episode. And um, when we watched that scene, he agrees. He goes, I can see why that creeped you out as mm-hmm. a kid. I get it. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. When I was five, my parents thought mm-hmm. it was a good idea to let me watch the exorcist. <laughs> and that's scared well, to this day. I don't like watching that movie. That movie scared the shit out of me. How? Like what part of the exorcist is scary? Unless you have like a young girl tied to a bed in your house. How is that scary? No. Well, because at the time there was a lot of reports going around that people were claiming they got possessed watching it at the movie theater and watching it at the drive-in and stuff. <laughs> and oh. so, you know, that plays into the mindset of a five-year-old. That'd be like Luke <laughs> watching it. You know, if he hears, oh, people get possessed by the devil when you watch this movie, that scares the shit out of you. It's like, I don't want to <laughs> okay. watch this. Fuck that. that makes more sense. I remember your sister always claimed that was her the scariest movie she'd yeah, ever yeah. seen. And I still am like, I don't get how. But. Well, like, do you like movies like stuff like Paranormal Activity or, you know, any kind of supernatural stuff? Yeah. Or do you think that stuff is just ridiculous? No, I like, like, if anything ever scared me as a kid, movie-wise, it was always something about ghosts. Okay, so it wasn't the whole possession thing. It was the execution of the Yeah, possession did nothing for me, but ghosts and stuff like that, paranormal activity, not specifically the movie paranormal activity, but just anything, like Poltergeist, Mm -hmm. watching that as a kid was scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, Do you, so having said all that, do you believe in ghosts? I don't know. Me and my son talk about this a lot. Um, He's very interested in it. Um. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm definitely interested in the topic mm-hmm. and I've been out like ghost hunting and stuff before, but I've never really caught anything and a lot of evidence videos and stuff like that. Like I don't necessarily believe some are interesting and I, it's hard to explain, but I don't know. Hmm. You? I feel like you can't believe in the Bible if you don't believe in ghosts. So by default I do. Um, okay. I don't believe in like paranormal activity. I don't think that they come around and like try to move shit and try to talk to people. I don't think any of that's real. I think that's all okay. imagination. I don't really think it's anything more than that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. So I do, but I don't believe it in the, I don't think they do parlor tricks and shit for people. Like I don't, I don't think they walk around old houses and like move shit around and stuff. That's just dumb. So. I'd be interested to know if any of the listeners out there have a really like true ghost story that they'd share. But I mean, what is a true ghost cool. story? You know what I mean? Like, like just like this, you can hear wind up in your attic and think it's a swear up and down. It's a ghost. Well, we'll, we'll read their stories and then we'll laugh at them and debunk them right, yeah, right to their works. faces. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's about like, well, my grandmother, I swear she came and like sat at the end of my bed and told me a story. I'm like, Nope, she didn't. But it's You're always liar, something like, never well, I had this friend of mine that was a psychic, and they said there was a dead dog running around my house. Like, what the, do you, are you oh hearing God. yourself? Like, what are you talking about? I don't believe in psychics at all. Yeah, so. <laughs> so. Or orbs. Orbs, no, nope, yeah. don't do it. Nope. So anyways, I don't want to get too deep into that, because that's not the kind of podcast. But All right, so yeah. you ready to get back into this? Let's get into it. All right, when we left off, our three brave men had risked mm. life and limb mm-hmm. to spend the night up in an attic and bet their allowances that they would not be afraid. Hmm. Will they be victorious or will their fear get the best of them and make the girls rich in the process? Hmm. Well, let's get back into it and find out. All right. Scene 14. 
Late that night in the attic, we see Greg, Peter, and Bobby sound asleep on the floor. The camera pans over to an old trunk as we hear an ominous voice say, I feel warm. Very warm. This seems to stir Bobby awake as he rolls over towards Peter. Peter, then we hear the voice say, Air. I must have air. By now, Peter and Bobby both are beginning to wake up. Hmm. Bobby has now heard the voice and asked. Sorry, I had to bring old Vinnie Price in. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bobby has now heard the voice and has asked, Huh? The voice speaks again, saying, Let me out. I must get out. Peter, thinking this is Bobby, and says, Get out and be quiet. Bobby, hearing Peter talk, <laughs> wakes up asking, Huh? Peter, now getting upset, tells Bobby to go to sleep and be quiet. Bobby, unsure what the fuck is going on, asks Peter what he's yelling about and tells him that he's trying to sleep. Peter then tells him to stop talking and to sleep then. The voice then speaks up again and says, I'm burning up. I've got to get out. I'm your mother. <laughs> I'm burning in hell. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so fucked up. By now, Peter has had enough as he sits up in anger and tells Bobby to stop blabbering. But Bobby gets equally upset telling Peter that he's not blabbering. The voice then speaks up so Bobby and Peter can both hear it, saying, I must have air. Give me air. Peter looks at Bobby and asks, Who said that? Bobby tells Peter that he thought it was him. The voice then begins to moan, finally saying, Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Let me out. <sighs> As it says this, the latch on the trunk unlocks and the lid begins to open by itself. Peter and Bobby are growing more and more scared. As the lid opens, we hear the voice once again say, I'm burning up. I must rise and walk the night. I'm free. And that's when we see it. A horrible, scary, morbid, clear plastic bag shaped loosely like a human slowly rising up out of the chest. The voice says again, I'm free at last. <laughs> Good God Almighty, I'm free at last. <laughs> As the boys sit, unable to move, by now the ghost has risen all the way up out of the trunk and is floating toward the ceiling. Peter and Bobby completely freak out frantically trying to wake up Greg. Bobby and Peter scream and run out of the attic. Greg sits there staring at it and slowly realizes that it's not a ghost at all. Mm. The whole time watching this, I'm thinking, man, these kids are going to be exhausted by the end of this weekend. <laughs> Mike is going to be exhausted. Right? <laughs> um, how much would it have sucked if the girls fell asleep? 
<laughs> and they <laughs> forgot do to do all the stuff. They wake up to, ha ha, we got your allowance. Like, shit, we fell asleep. <laughs> they set an alarm. I bet you can't do it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Double or nothing. <laughs> um, but I put down again, like, what is Peter worried about? You know, he's going to, the ghost is going to get Greg or Bob before they get him. <laughs> like, like, what's he, he's in the middle. What's he worried about? Yes, kid logic. He's yeah, in the right? middle. He's safe. Yeah. Or if he's under a blanket, he's safe. I was so. going to say, his feet ain't showing from underneath the blanket, so he's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's funny. When Peter says the line to stop blabbering, you could tell he's trying not to break. It's pretty funny. Yeah. He's I trying so hard right. not to laugh. Um, yeah. But also, they don't recognize Marsha's voice. It's her sister, man. Like I know. It she's not even disguising like it. It sounds just like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He thinks it's Bobby, yep. but he don't realize that it's Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, this is the scene that scared the shit out of me Did when it? I was a kid. It creeped me out because it had a good creep factor about it, mm. which I was impressed by. Yeah. Not just a cheap jump scare. That's true. So I hate jump scares. <clears throat> yeah. Like this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> scene 15. Down in the master bedroom. Where the magic happens. Ooh. Carol and Mike have heard the girl, uh, boys in the attic screaming <laughs> and have begun getting out of bed with a, well, here goes round two of Battle of the Ghosts. Hmm. They exit to the hallway just in time to see Peter and Bobby running down the attic stairs. But when they get to the bottom, they turn to talk to Greg, but he's not there. Oh my God, where is he? They frantically begin calling to Greg to see if he's all right. It's right about then that Mike walks up with a boys, 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 girls, girls. (laughs) What's going on? Peter is going on. (laughs) What is going on here? Um, Peter and Bobby start frantically explain, frantically explaining that there was a ghost in the attic and that it was coming out of the trunk. When Marsha comes out of the room, yawning, asking what's going on. Bobby immediately (laughs) tells Marsha that it's safer down here. Then it is up there. Marsha realizes hmm. right away that the boys lost the bet. Peter hmm. and Bobby are so convinced that the ghost was real that they don't even care about the bet when they may have lost Greg. Oh my God. Mike, tired of two nights in a row of not getting any sleep, puts <laughs> his foot down saying, ghost time is over. Followed by Carol solidifying it saying, for good. They all begin going up to the attic to see where this ghost came from. Bobby and Peter try to stay behind, but when Mike notices, he pushes them both in the direction of the attic and follows them up the stairs. Hmm. I noticed in this shot that Bobby's hair really looks blonde. Yeah, here. now that you've said that, yeah, I noticed that too, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's funny, Mike looked at Marsha like, the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Kind of the way he looked at Greg. Hmm, funny. <laughs> Scene 16. As they arrive in the attic, Carol comes up first and gasps at the sight of the ghost, but is relieved when Greg pops out from behind it. Greg bravely announces that it's cellophane wrapping paper with two fishing line that go over the beam, out the window, and down to the girl's room. Carol gives Marsha a look of pride as Peter asks how they got the voice in the trunk. Carol looks in the trunk and discovers a tape recorder. Mm. Marsha explains that they ran the line down to the room and turned it on when they were ready. 
Peter looks impressed as Mike says, very ingenious. But Bobby is a little irritated, saying it isn't fair and they got tricked. Marsha fires back, saying, well, you tricked us. Mike puts a stop at the bickering, saying they are both even and the joke is over. Carol follows up, saying fun is fun, but reminds them that they can carry a joke too far. For instance, you could scare someone and they can end up running into the lid of an open trash can or running away from Freddy Krueger and get hurt. <laughs> Huh. Is that an inside joke, Jimmy? Yes, it is. Because you ran into an open lid. Because you were running away from Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's a story. I think we've told this we story have. on here before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike seeing a pattern developing and nipping it early makes the kids promise that they will be no more scaring each other. But Greg argues, saying, but the girls will take our allowances. Carol then takes the opportunity to remind Greg of his famous quote. Poorer but wiser, which is more important. Greg, seeing that Carol is right, crosses her arms and says, zapped again. I don't get the zapped again, but that's okay. Um, Bobby was the other one. Marsha and Bobby. I love the acting that they did in this episode because even in scenes where they didn't really have a whole lot of lines, again, you could totally tell what they were thinking the entire time. Reacting to every single line being said, like, I don't know, just... Just kudos to that. Kudos to the director for giving him that direction, if that's what happened. I, I love to do that in a group <clears throat> setting. You pick one person yeah. to watch who yeah. doesn't have lines. <laughs> so it's good. Scene 17. Down in the kitchen, we see Alice pouring all the money into Marsha's hand. Marsha thanks her. Alice boasts, saying, I said all along, it was a sucker's bet. Greg, calling her out, tells her that she said the girls were making a sucker's bet. Alice Hmm. fires back to Greg that anyone who believes in ghosts is a sucker. Hmm. Marcia asks Alice if she's afraid of anything. Alice confidently answers, nope. Greg Hmm. presses the issue saying, oh, come on. What about horror movies and vampires? Alice brushes it off saying that vampires give her a pain in the neck. She then realizes the pun she made and compliments herself (laughs) saying, that was pretty good. Marcia continues on asking, what about werewolves? She answers this by saying they're all bark and no bite. She then Mm. compliments herself on the pun again by saying, oh, Alice, when you're hot, you're hot. She then walks out, chuckling to herself. After she leaves, Marsha looks at Greg and says, I don't believe her. Greg smiles and says, me either. I think if she saw something really scary, she'd break the record for the mile run. (laughs) <laughs> Greg then gets an idea and asks Marsha if she'd like to try to make her run. Marsha smiles and is tempted, but reminds Greg that they promised no more scaring. But Greg corrects her, saying, we promised we wouldn't scare each other. We didn't say anything about Alice. I mean, hmm. she's a maid. And they both <laughs> laugh. <laughs> they both smile and glance Alice's direction. <laughs> Alice says she ain't scared of anything, but I can remember several episodes where Alice was screaming oh, hell yeah. or something. Wasn't there one outside yeah. where Greg was out there jerking off or something? Or, like, what was it? Um, no, he was out there uh, working out with weights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Clank, yeah. clank, yeah. She, she thought somebody five. was breaking into the house. So, also, Marsha says, what about werewolves? She did not say werewolves. No? No. <laughs> did you not? Me and my son were watching it, and... And then she said it, and I was like, what'd she just say? And my son was like, 
I don't know. I know what she was <laughs> trying to say. So we backed it up a few times. I even had I had closed captioning on just to confirm that she was trying to say werewolves, but she said <laughs> she said war woofs. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I was only reading closed captioning. Go back and watch it. Huh? Interesting. She said, "What about war woofs?" <laughs> I was like, "What was war that?" Wolves? We must have watched it like three or four times. Huh. War woofs. War woofs. We should get her to say it now. See if she says it the same way. Marie McCormick, could you say werewolves? Yeah, say please? werewolves and send it in. Um, <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> um, this I, this must have been which the, I think is actually cuter. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been the time where where Marie McCormick and um, Barry Williams were dating, because just yeah. the way they look at each other, they look all lovey dovey. You know what I mean? Did you <laughs> notice that or no? I didn't, but hmm. I wasn't looking okay. for it. So, scene eighteen. Down in the kitchen, we hear the phone ring, and we see Alice, who stops peeling a potato to answer it with her trademark, Brady Residence. She then softens up by saying, oh, hi, Sam. Oh, sure, I'd love to go to a movie tonight. Which one? Well, if it's my choice, I'll take the drive-in movie where we both have seen the movie. (laughs) Okay, bye, Sam. (laughs) And hangs up the phone with excitement. Carol enters, carrying something heavy and covered with a towel, and says, Hi, Alice. Alice, who seems startled, says, Oh, Mrs. Brady, I didn't hear you drive up. Hmm, She was scared. That's different. Mm -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) As she runs over to give her a hand, she realizes what she's carrying and says, You finished Mr. Brady's head. How is his head, Mrs. Brady? Carol says, It's not too bad, especially after a shave. After when no. Carol shaves? Oh, I get it. I thought I was thinking face. Never mind. Now, Carol smiles and says, fresh out of the oven. Alice says, huh. And to think, I used to be the one to give him... He- oh, never mind, Miss Brady. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Alice, only seeing a head, says, it looks more like it's fresh out of the hospital. Carol then decides she wants to take it into the living room. As they pick up the head, Alice nervously says, Mrs. Brady, speaking of head, if you don't have anything for me to do tonight, I'd like to go to a movie with Sam. (laughs) Carol happily says sure and tells her that her and Mike are going to a sculpture exhibit. They continue to carry Mr. Brady's head into the living room. As soon as they leave, Greg and Peter pop out from the family room with huge smiles. Greg excitedly says, Perfect. Mom and Dad will be gone all evening, and Alice will be out for a couple of hours. Peter finishes the thought, saying, That gives us plenty of time. Wait till Alice gets back. Greg smiles, saying, Yeah, let's see how she really acts with ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite... (laughs) Now my first note is, Alice gonna score. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And they don't make any like doubts about it either. She's like, well, no, we're going to go to a movie we've already seen. Because we ain't going to be watching <laughs> Um <laughs> Why can't we just go to your place, Alice? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, we got fucking kids here. Yeah, and, right. you know, I probably have to get you know, permission to have sex. Does he like live with his parents or something? Where does he live? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, the know. entire scene, Peter doesn't start rubbing his hands together the entire time. Like, he's doing this the entire time. Like, like what? 
Is there something wrong with your hands, man? Why do you keep rubbing them together like that? That's what you do when you're, you're concocting an evil plan. Not in real life. People never do that. Sure. Um, I'm doing it right now. But he's rubbing him like an oh. old-timey villain. He's just like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 anyway. So Alice asks if she can have the night off, and Carol's response was, sure, Mr. Brady and I are going out. But... What if they weren't <laughs> like, like there, could, like there could be a thirst emergency true, if, right. if we were at home, or what if Mike wanted a midnight snack? What would we do then, Alice? Get it ourselves? Or what I if Carol decided so. she wanted to work with fucking Clay at night and make Alice clean it up? <laughs> right. You know she cleaned that shit up. You know she made Alice do it. <laughs> Alice, I'm done with my Clay. <laughs> Jeez. Right. And then if she gets any on the on the porch. Oh, porch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alice, kill Alice cares about that porch, but she don't give a shit about the family room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because she ain't a lot in there. So. Scene 19. <laughs> Out in the living room, we see Mike carrying his head and Alice all dressed up. Let me rephrase that. He's not carrying Alice dressed up. He's only carrying his head. <laughs> Alice is walking. <laughs> so Alice okay. is all dressed up, ready to leave. Oh, okay. Not being carried. Mike is giving the kids last minute directions saying, now listen, if you need anything, Alice is at the movie theater and your mother and I are at the art exhibit. Carol reminds them to be nice to one another. And Mike adds, don't tear up the house. As they walk out the door, the kids wave and say goodbye, telling them to have a good time. As soon as they walk out, Marsha, Greg and Jan jump into action saying, let's get ready for Alice. Hmm. Marsha, still nervous, says, oh, if mom and dad find out. Greg stops her, telling her there's no way. Alice's movie is over at 9.15, and mom and dad won't get back until way after that. Marsha responds, and Alice for sure won't tell on us. Hmm. She's a fucking maid, and she works for us, so she ain't going to do that shit. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg adds, she couldn't. When we get through with her... She'll be sp- sp- speechless. And they all three just <laughs> laugh most maniacally. <laughs> so why doesn't Mike's bust have a fro? Why does it have his old haircut he, if you don't have his hair like that anymore? He wasn't full perm yet. But then what the fuck did she have him model? <laughs> like she sat there having, she made Mike's model for this shit. Yeah. So why is his hair wrong? What was she looking at? Damn sure it wasn't him. <laughs> you imagine saying that to Carol. Huh. What the fuck were you looking at? This sure is fucking me because my hair looked like that. I don't know what you were looking at. You must have been watching TV. This must be the news anchor or something. I don't know, but it ain't me. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, also, Marsha was like, that bitch wouldn't dare telling us. <laughs> she says it's so like authoritative. She's like, she ain't gonna do it. Trust, trust me. She ain't gonna do it. She's that. not. <laughs> Marsha's got something on Alice. Yeah. Oh, Greg does. Huh. You know, Greg does. What they do behind what, the maybe maybe Marsha at this point is in on the whole weed sessions behind the garage. <laughs> maybe. So Marsha looks at Greg. She's like, <laughs> she ain't gonna tell us. Trust me. Sure. But how do you know? Oh, trust <laughs> we know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 20. Yum. Getting ready in the boys' room to scare Alice, we are treated to a fake skull with a red light making the eyes, nose, and mouth glow. 
As the camera pans out, Greg asks Bobby how it looks. Bobby answers, real creepy. Greg laughs, saying, this ought to flip Alice out. Mm. Over in the girls' room, we see Marsha with a ball and a clothes hanger that her and Jan are hiding under a blanket to make a ghost. After which, they add two eyes and a nose. Marsha holds it up and asks Jan how it looks. Jan tells her it looks a little bit long. Marsha tells her, of course. Have you ever seen a ghost in a mini sheet? (laughs) They both just laugh. Back in the boys' room, we see a close-up of Cindy. She begins to let out a blood-curdling scream. That was a good scream, As the too. camera pans out. Oh, yeah, that was fucking great. Oh, that was an amazing <laughs> was scream, man. really good scream. As the camera pans out, we see she's screaming into a microphone of Peter's recorder. Peter, happy with how she did, asks her to do it one more time, to which she does in true horror movie fashion. Even Vincent Price was like, that's a scream I can sure to die for. <laughs> Sorry. After Peter presses stop, Cindy admires her work, telling Peter that she screams great and that she almost scared herself. Mm-hmm. God, that was such a good scream. That was. Holy yeah. shit. Um, so Greg is holding a flashlight to his skull, so he's just going to like sit there behind it. <laughs> Like, don't look at me. Look at the skull. You see this? Okay, okay. Just don't look at me. You're looking at me. Stop looking at me. Okay. Um, but yeah, I admit that was pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> that was a badass scream. That that was another note I had. Yeah. Scene twenty one. Down in the living room, we are seeing the final setup for the big scare. They've attached the ghost onto a zip line that runs from the top of the stairs where Peter is hammering a nail into the wall to the bottom where Greg has tied it around a support beam. Once it is in place, the girls begin to push the ghost up the line to the top of the stairs. Jan admits that it even looks spooky coming up the line. Jan tells her to wait until Alice sees it coming down in the dark. Now that everything is ready, Greg is telling everybody what's going to happen while walking through it. Okay, now Mm. Alice comes in and the room is dark. The lights won't work, so she heads for the fuse box. As he walks that direction, he tells them that he's going to flip on the skull light. Peter pipes (laughs) up saying his scream is going to go off. Cindy corrects him saying her scream. Mm. Greg continues... Alice turns towards the screams like this. Then Marsha adds, we let the ghost down the stairs. Bobby gets excited and says he kind of wishes it would happen to him. Greg (laughs) announces for everyone to get into their places and tells them we've spun our web. Now we just have to wait for the fly. So every scene has to end with Greg going. (laughs) And Peter wringing his hands. Um, (laughs) Why is Peter using pliers for hammers? They don't own a hammer. (laughs) um but i like how um how cindy acted like the skull actually startled her in this episode for some reason i was really in tune with people's like in in acting they call it business like stuff they're doing when they don't have a line and like when as soon as he turns the light on she like startles for a second and she starts laughing at herself getting startled so (laughs) scene 22 Hmm. it's now late at night and all the lights are out in the brady residence As the camera pans around, we see glimpses of the kids hiding in their hiding spots. Greg, of course, is giggling like Tack would. (laughs) I so would, too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
And they show just outside the front door and we see not Alice, but Carol and Mike coming home. And Carol says, I hope the kids are still awake so I can show them my ribbon. (laughs) Mike reasons that they're probably in bed because all the lights are out. But Detective Carol argues her point and says they couldn't have been in bed long because it's still early. Back inside the house, we see Cindy who bursts out laughing with excitement. Greg quickly hushes her with his hand. As the door opens, Greg whispers to everyone, Here comes Alice! <laughs> so stupid. It's not Alice. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> You're starting to giggle now. It's not even you scaring him. I know. <laughs> so excited. Okay. <laughs> Mike and Carol walk in the front door. Mike tries the lights, but they don't work. Uh-oh. Carol looks around, confused, wondering what is going on. Carol spots the skull first, (laughs) and her mouth drops open. Peter takes his cue and turns on the screams on the tape recorder, while Marsha drops the ghost down the stairs. All this has no effect on Mike (laughs) and Detective Carol, who simply says, Guess who's at it again? Greg and Cindy realize what's happened first, and Greg lets out an Oh no, it's mom and dad. Bobby whispers back, Boy, are we in for it. Mike puts, well, himself down on the ledge (laughs) by the front door and says, I think I better go fix the lights so we can see who to yell at. All the kids stay in their hiding spots as Carol and Mike walk through the dark to the fuse box. Just then Alice walks, (laughs) this is going to be good. (laughs) Alice walks in the front door. And is immediately taken aback by how dark it is. She spots Mike's silhouetted head sculpture in the dark first. And is spooked asking, Who's that? Who's there? Somebody there? When she doesn't get an answer, thinking this must be an intruder, she takes a huge swing. She smashes the bust of Mike all over the floor. All the kids are confused this odd behavior. And right when Alice realizes what's happened, the lights come on, revealing that smashed figure all over the floor. Carol and Mike walk in to see what has happened. Carol exclaims, Oh no, Mike's head! Alice begins to apologize immediately, saying, Mrs. Brady, I'm sorry. It looked like a real man there in the dark. I thought it was real. You did such a good job. (laughs) Mike assures Alice by saying, well, it wasn't your fault. Was it, kids? Mm-hmm. He got fucking mad, too. He I did, was like, yeah. damn. He looked fucking pissed. Haven't been that pissed he since the wedding. Just... <laughs> he must have just gotten into it with Sherwood Schwartz right uh-huh. there. Greg answers first with a no, sir. We had it all rigged up to scare her. Carol, pissed off at her precious statue, adds... Like I said, if you carry a joke too far, somebody can get hurt. Peter pipes up with, We never thought it would be Dad's head. (laughs) Jan feels bad, saying, Gee, it won a prize too. Carol picks up her ribbon, defeated, saying, Well, so much for third place. Mike gets pissed, saying, All right, that does it. Everybody upstairs, no allowances for two weeks, and that goes for all of you. And he, like, pointed to Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Carol, who was so upset over a fucking statue, (laughs) she commits child abuse as she strikes her child on the butt, saying, come on. 
Bobby complains, going up the stairs, saying, there goes my model airplane. Ooh, that fucking spun me up when he said that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought for sure Mike was going to be like, what was that? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) That's my fucking thought. (laughs) Jen adds, I guess we deserve it. As they walk up the (laughs) stairs to their room, (laughs) Mike starts taking down the ghost. Carol spots it and says, that's one of my good sheets. And turns and gives the nastiest fucking she mom does, look yeah. ever. Good mom skills, Carol. <laughs> yeah. I just commented again about how Mike was fucking mad. Yeah, right. I can't believe how 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 much of a baby Carol's being about all this. Like, come I on. mean, she worked hard on it. I mean, who I cares? Know. Like Jesus. <laughs> My God. You have to go to your stupid art show, didn't you? Like, just shut up. You got the ribbon. scene 23 the next morning at breakfast Mike and Carol are at the table as Alice comes up with a coffee pot asking if anyone wants more coffee Alice begins to vent telling Mike and Carol I feel so guilty about what happened last night folks Carol tells Alice not to worry about it Carol then lights up telling both of them that she started a new project today no Carol then lights up, telling both of them that she's starting a new project today. Hmm. Just then, Bobby and Cindy come walking into the room, proudly holding the bust of Mike, saying they fixed it. We then hmm. see the statue glued back together with glue all over it. Carol sees it and says, well, thanks for trying. Mike hmm. sees it and says, wow, doesn't look any different than it did before. No. Um, <laughs> Mike sees it. <laughs> That looks exactly the same. Well, I can't believe how good they did that. My season says, wow, looks like I feel when I wake up in the morning. (laughs) So why are there so many damn napkins on the table? There's like six napkins on the table. I'm like, what is all that green stuff? It looked like green tissue paper everywhere. And it was all their napkins. Um, (laughs) I love how Mike is already, he didn't even know what it is, but he's already not looking forward to the project. (laughs) <laughs> he's like great great I'm either going to lose my afternoon or my maid one of those two things is going to happen <laughs> not going to give me sleep nope scene 24 in the kitchen we look out through the dining room and into the living room to see Mike come in through the front door which is the weirdest shot ever it is yeah he walks in and says hi honey but gets no answer he hollers for both Carol and Alice Carol Alice <laughs> That's all he ever does. Yep. But gets no answer again. He walks into the kitchen, hears Carol in the family room saying, In here, honey. He walks in to see Alice in a sheet, dressed like a Greek goddess, complete with a vase on her shoulder and the other hand on her hip. With Carol and a huge chunk of clay sitting on the table, Mike just laughs and walks into the family room. Still chuckling, he asks Alice what she's supposed to be. Alice replies, I am a classical Greek. What? Yeah, that's how we, that's how she words it. Yeah. Yeah. Alice replies, I am a classical Greek, Mr. Brady. Carol proudly announces that she's starting a new project. When Mike says, Oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> Carol announces <laughs> that she is sculpting a Greek statue. Mike looks at it, looks at Alice, and finally asks, What's it for? Carol looks at him like he's crazy and tells him it's for the backyard. She goes on to say that she's going to put a large bowl under it 
so she can use it for one of two things. She then pauses just to make my gasp, such as she answers, oh, well, for one, a birdbath. Mike laughs hysterically at the answer, but sees that Carol isn't joking and slowly stops before asking, well, you know, like what else? <laughs> Alice answers, well, if I pucker up, I can be a fountain. She then strikes a pose, puckering. Carol and Mike just laugh. Mm. Please <laughs> tell me, <laughs> out of all the costume things that I've brought up, please tell me you noticed yes, Mike's I noticed jacket. This fucking jacket. Yes. Holy crap. It looks like a jacket that Michael Jackson wore like in a thriller video, but the blue one. No, Mike looks raw. Raw! <laughs> You're talking about from Eddie Murphy? Yes. Yeah. God, that was a horrible jacket. <laughs> and what is Carol wearing? Like, she's wearing some kind of weird kimono thing. Which I know you've said, yeah, your mom had one, but... Uh, that sounded like a joke. It wasn't a joke. You had said that your mom owned one, but not when she's sculpting out of clay. Like, why would you wear that? Like, um... But I'll, but I put down Carol and Mike look more goofy than Alice does because of the <laughs> outfits that they're wearing. Um, and I would 100%, if there's anybody out there that does this, right, we probably have at least one listener that sculpts things out of clay. Yeah. 100% I would buy a statue of Alice dressed like that with the bowl on her shoulder, with the vase on her shoulder. 100% I would buy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be As awesome. long as it looks like Alice. Like, I'm not yeah. talking about just some chick but with, it's a, gotta be, with a thing on her shoulder. It has to look like Alice. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it has to be like the sheet over the shoulder yes. with her uniform underneath. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and those extensions in her hair. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. And that's the end of the episode. All right. Yes. That was fun. a good one. That was a, that was an iconic one, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like it was. Yeah, to yeah. me, it was. Yeah. It's spooky. It's kind of scary. It was one of, quote unquote, those episodes. You know what I mean? Like people say, oh, remember that episode where... Memorable one. Yeah. Remember that episode where they scared each other? Remember that episode, you know, where Greg, you know, did whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ain't lying. Mm. All right, Jimmy. So I have an email to read. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this email comes to us from Gabby. Gabby. Gabby Douglas? I don't know. No, just I'm, I'm joking. Gabby. That's a gymnast. I don't think she listens to this. Oh. <laughs> All right. So there's no subject. Okay. Usually it's fun subjects for the emails, but I guess not for Gabby. <laughs> <clears throat> and we've heard from Gabby before. Oh, okay. She's just emailing us again. Again. So she says, hi, Tech. It's your Amish electricity-using alcohol-drinking friend from Oregon. Oh, so I don't have to listen to this one. Okay. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I had to send... <laughs> just go get a drink, Jimmy, yeah, okay. or something. Yeah, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Be right back. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I had to send a note to say, I'm happy you and Jimmy are back. I think you both needed the break. While the last oh, oh, episode oh. of season three were funny, it did feel like you were losing some steam. Ouch. But... <laughs> I've been laughing out loud with these Hawaii episodes, trying not to wake up my husband. Remember, she's the one. <laughs> oh, that that's right. Yeah, yeah I remember her now. Yeah. yeah. She goes, good stuff. 
I can imagine you guys probably get a little burnt out on it toward the end of the season. You both deserve as many breaks as you can get. I absolutely love your podcast and always look forward to it. Thank you both, you and Jimmy, for giving us a laugh. So much crazy crap in the world, it's a great escape. Oh, and on the Vincent Price voice, <laughs> you guys had me laughing so hard I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Gabby. <laughs> I will now always think of Stewie when I see Price. My brother used to have a Vincent Price album, Telltale Heart. I'm going to pass along your comparison. Stay well, and thanks again, That's cool. Gabby. Um, and I did a comment or a message back to her. I go, hmm, yes, I always appreciate your correspondence. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, a lot of podcasts, a lot of people say, oh, well, we always appreciate, you know, they do that whole thing. We always appreciate the email, blah, blah, blah. Um, like me and Tech, you know, have said in the past that both of us came from podcasting and, you know, we were both on a podcast called Taint Funny and, you know, Tech's been on a few of his own, like, I think three other ones that I remember. Um, yeah. and me and Tech had talked a long time for a long time about me and him doing a podcast. Cause we knew we bounced off of each other like this fairly well. Yeah. And, um, and like we, as you're seeing, like we, we do get burnt out sometimes, but honestly, it's not from the podcast. It's some of these episodes. They're just not very funny. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some <laughs> of the episodes, they're true. just not very good. Like, like one of my favorite shows. Um, that I was fortunate enough to be in was a show called the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged. And it, it's where they make fun of all the Shakespeare stuff. <clears throat> and yeah, they point out in it that, you know, his dramas were funnier than the comedies. And if you think about it, it's really hard to make fun of certain episodes. Cause some of these episodes might just be either really funny themselves and they're done. There's nothing to really make fun of, or the storyline wasn't deep enough into the characterizations where there's, there's, there's just nothing to make fun of. So that was happening on a few episodes. So if you detect it, it's, I can promise you that we're not tired of doing this. Um, there is some background stuff, like having to do a synopsis every week and having to edit the episode that gets yeah, a little tedious, yeah. but by no yeah, means. Especially script writing every week yeah. for hours and doing some yeah. research. It takes a lot of hours to do every episode. That's that's the part that tires us the most. Yeah. Actually recording and joking around, which, that's the best part. We never t- get tired of that. Yeah, I would, That is so much fun to do. I would say... Every episode probably takes an hour and a half to two hours to write a script for. Um, At least. Yeah. Good Lord. Sometimes longer than that. And then with tech editing, I would say he probably edits, what, three hours? Two or three hours? Each episode probably takes about, yeah, yeah. probably three, maybe sometimes even four hours. It depends per episode. So having said all that, when we say that it's emails like this that help us, it's it's 100% true. It's not us blowing – we're not doing that typical thing where we're like, no, no, it's emails. It's you guys. No, it, it, legit. Like, Because me and Tack, yeah. when we were on Taint Funny, I think the duration of Taint Funny, we never got a single <laughs> email from anybody. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's really neat being on a podcast where um, – where the, the, we get to hear back from you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like we were even talking, or Tack was talking to another fellow podcaster that was admiring how much our audience interacts with us. So, yeah. yeah keep the emails coming. They, by all means, and they've helped the show a lot too. Some of the negative ones were. So, <clears throat> so yes. No, they're great. We absolutely love them. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate it so much. Definitely. Yeah. So keep them flowing in. Yeah, they're so awesome. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, and don't be afraid to correspond with us individually. Like you see us, I'm, I'm sure you guys have come across our Facebook profile or feel free to say hi to us. Feel free to friend request. We don't care. Like as long as you're not like yeah. a weird stalker. Or anything. 
<laughs> like Kid Hayes. Exactly. Yeah. No. Right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Kid, we're gonna pick on you a little bit more this episode. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So, Gabby, you know we did. We had fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show, and we're not racist or sexist. No, definitely not. We'd also like to personally thank our producers from Patreon because without you, this couldn't even be possible. And Ginny uh, Jim, you guys are the OPs. Uh, but we mm-hmm. have a new one in the ranks. We do. Our homegirl Kit Hayes has uh, decided to be a producer. And so for yes, that, we are greatly appreciative. Producer. And I guess that means we have to stop picking on her, you know, because she's kind of our boss now. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> so Kit Hayes, um, you look nice today. Yeah, we really liked this. That was a really, really good picture you sent us. And, um, and just, you know, your emails and your messages are full of such wit. It just had us laughing and inspired us. So, yes. <laughs> now you're roasting her again. No, no I'm not. I'm complimenting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got some homework yes, assignments. Did, yes. No, but for real, but Kid Hayes, for real, Kid Hayes, we really genuinely, <laughs> legit re- appreciate it. We really do. Hell yeah. For sure. All right, so go check out our website. It's at averybradypodcast.com. Yes. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And tell two friends about the show, or if you have a couple enemies, mm-hmm. tell them. Or in-laws. If you don't like it. <laughs> Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show. Podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in on the conversations and the fun. And it's very active right it is, now. Yeah. It's a very Brady Facebook group. And some of the people are coming up with stuff that we didn't catch. Some of the people are coming up with stuff that's just funny, like memes and stuff. Like, you guys are great. It's awesome. It makes me feel like mm-hmm. I need to s- step up my game a little bit. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> people are pointing out stuff For that I sure. didn't. Um, if you'd like to be a producer, uh, like Kid Hayes did, check out the Patreon at www patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. And it's kind of set up sort of kind of like a store where you, you subscribe to a certain amount or whatever, and then you get stuff in the mail. So it's not just like randomly just throwing money at something. Exactly. Um, Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Definitely follow us on Facebook and get real time updates on whether the show is going to be, be late or, you know, how tax feeling that day, that kind of stuff. And go check out our network. It's called the Retro Network at the Retro. Ugh, it's really hard to say. Yeah. It's the RetroNetwork.com. <laughs> yes, yeah, so definitely. We highly encourage you to check them out because if you like the nostalgic part of the show, you'll like them too. Uh, check out our mm-hmm. T Public store for merchandise. Link in the description of this episode. And we have a new shirt in there. So it's got the Taboo Tiki Idol on it. Yes. I thought I was wearing it, but I'm not. <laughs> and most importantly, go watch the Brady yes. Bunch. Yes. And Tack is now going to tell you about next episode. On the next episode, season four, episode seven, entitled The Show Must Go On. Like the Queen song? Greg and Marsha recruit their parents to participate in Family Frolics Night at the school. Oh, Alice is upset with Sam when he passes a chance to be her date to the event to go to bowling practice. Hmm. So the girls launch a plan to change his mind. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So we have now come down to what we discussed earlier. Yes. About the piercings and all that, or piercing, I should say. Yes. Does Ginny and Jim's votes count double? How's that? Hmm, I guess we can do that. I think it's count more than that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I will count them as double. Okay. So we have four votes now out of 20. 
So if you would like me to get my left ear pierced, this is all from last episode, last week. <laughs> Jimmy wants me to get my left ear pierced again because he feels cheated. And uh, and he wants to shoot a video on it and post it on Instagram or wherever we're going to post it. And I have to get 20 people to email into the show saying that they are for or against it. And, and, I'm, and I'm imposing the rule that comments don't count. It has to be an email. Right. Yeah, you can't just like have a thread and yeah, because it's Facebook too easy for somebody to say, <laughs> "Sure, go for it." Well, yeah, no, that yeah. could be anybody. They may not even listen to the show, so it's got to be an email. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's got to be an email, and they can email the show at verybradypodcast at gmail yes. And if we have to get twenty votes by the end of the month, August thirty first, twenty twenty one. Hey, Jimmy, what if we get twenty no's before then? Does that mean we're done? That means you get your right one, Pierce. <laughs> no, just nobody sent an email then. <laughs> if you listen really closely, I actually did say that in the last episode, but that's not what we agreed <laughs> on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, Jimmy, you brought up an idea real quickly. I want to discuss yes. this real quick yes. because if you like it, let's do it. You had mentioned an idea which I loved that people should send in like some an audio clip of maybe about a specific episode that we haven't done coming up. You know, like oh, season four, episode nine. There's this part where you can see Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he takes his shirt off in the background, or I right. don't know, something like that. And then people can uh, like send in an audio clip or a video. We'll just take the audio mm-hmm. from the video. I don't care how they do it, right. but, and then play that part on the show when we get to that yeah. part. Yeah, so like to, to clarify, <laughs> to clarify, like let's say I'm listening, I'm sitting at home and I'm watching the Brady Bunch, or you're listening to an episode of the Brady of the podcast and you remember something because because we got some listeners that have this stuff memorized that just know it, you know what I mean? And they'll be like, wait a minute, yeah. they didn't they didn't you know talk about this or they didn't notice this. So why don't you just pull out your phone, record audio. It doesn't even have to be audio; it could be video too. We just obviously we can't show the video on an audio podcast, but. Send in an audio in some form and be like, hey, this is so-and-so, you know, in that one scene where, you know, Carol walks into the kitchen, you didn't even notice that, you know, Cindy walks out and makes a face because she thought it was rehearsal or whatever. Um, Yeah. And just send that in if you guys, you know, feel like it. And then when we're in that scene, then we can say, actually, Tack, on your note, we actually have an audio clip about that. And then that's when we play the... Mm -hmm person's audio clip so if you guys are down for that right. show us you're down for it by sending audio clips if not that's fine <laughs> that's cool too yeah so when you when you send the email in make sure your subject is like the episode title like season five episode yeah, yeah, six yeah, yeah. or something yeah, otherwise it's gonna be really hard <laughs> yeah it's really hard to so make sure it's in the subject so it's easier for us to go through them right um and also you can say a little thing like hey kid hayes here um cat woman from wherever uh, I just wanted to point out in season five, episode 10, um, Greg like pulls his dick out, you know, or something right, like that. Exactly, yeah. I can't believe you guys didn't Wait catch a minute, it. He does? And then, no. Oh. Um, and then, uh, then you know, of course, afterwards you say, you know, I love your show and Tack is sexy or something like there that. You yeah. There it is. Cool. So cool. So if you guys are into that, let us know. And if not, then that's fine too. So <laughs> you have anything else, Tack? No, that's it. All right. So in that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tech. And this has been a very great podcast. And we will see you on another Sunshine Day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.